Hello, hello, hello. This is Michelle Donatian with Moments with Michelle Donatian. And today is Monday, October 15th. It is our Monday edition. I hope you all are doing well. I hope things are going well for you here in the United States on the East Coast. It is a chilly day. It is kind of cold and I'm not quite sure what kind of weather you're dealing with there wherever you are, but I hope you are doing well. And I just want to encourage you according to the word of God, he said all is well. So no matter what difficulties you're going through, no matter what hard times you're facing, keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and his power and you will see that all really is well. So today's edition is going to be about your focus. And we're going to be touching on quite a few different topics here today, but your focus is the main topic and in different areas of your life. Moving forward, but where is your focus? Are you keeping your eyes focused on your problems? Are you keeping your eyes focused on what God can do in the situation? Are you thinking about the people around you rather than yourself? Are you standing up to pray for them instead of only thinking about your own situation? Our focus is so important. It is so important. And I find that when we focus on the things that God would want us to focus on, then he focuses on what we have going on. Isn't that something? And it's easy to say, I know. It's easier said than done. I know it. But it's imperative that it be done. It's imperative. So as we get started here today, I just want to encourage you to listen in. If you're having trouble with things in your life, if you're having trouble with, um, I don't know, things in your family, work, you're having trouble with maybe finding, you know, finding focus or figuring out what to do with your life, figuring out how to figure out, you know, things with your children or, or whatever it is, just remember to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. And in so many situations, when we don't do that, I should back up and say so many situations, so many people don't do that and they lose the battle. But when we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're able to move forward. So you are tuned into Moments with Michelle, where we discuss, unpack and talk about the struggles of life and how to conquer them with Jesus Christ. So let's open up for Monday, October 15th edition in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for being so holy and so mighty. Lord God, we just come before you today because we just want to tell you how much we love you. We just love you and we thank you that we're alive again here today. I thank you, Lord God, that you woke me up. Every morning is a surprise when I'm here and I'm not on the other side of heaven the other side of this earth. Lord God, I thank you. We thank you, Lord God. And I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to touch the hearts of each person listening here today, Lord God. You know exactly who you have, who's going to be listening in. You know exactly the purpose. And I just choose to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord God, I thank you for each one of them. And most of all, I thank you for who you are in all of our lives. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord God, I ask you right now, to touch their hearts and help them to look at their hearts the way that you would see them. Give them a soft heart that they might repent for any sin in their lives because we all know that 
there is no one that is perfect. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to help them to see what your word says about their life. And I thank you. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, the one thing I want to start with is our focus. Our focus in the Lord. When we are focusing on the wrong things, we often forget to pray because we're so focused on worrying about the situation. We're so concerned about what's going on that we have lost, oftentimes we've lost the faith to believe what God said about the situation. Sometimes we're looking at things in the wrong direction. And the Bible tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 2, it tells us to look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And that's the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. It says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So when we talk about the things that we're going through, sometimes we lose focus and forget that there are people in the world that need our prayers. When we are a servant, look at God, look at Jesus as an example. He became a servant to every one of us. He died on the cross. He was obedient unto death to God. But look at what God did. God took care of him and elevated his name above every name that there ever even will be in existence. Look at the power of God in his, in his life. And God, we know, is Jesus. We know this. But look at his power. We oftentimes forget to look at the power that God has. You see, as I read the word, I ask the Lord God to strengthen my inner man. Strengthen my inner man, and I pray that he strengthens yours as well. As you read the word, he will strengthen your inner man so that you may withstand the devil because the devil wants to wear you down and wear you out so that you come to a place where you're so tired that you just don't have any strength anymore. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you, all you can do is literally lay on the floor and cry? Look, I know we're human and I'm not saying that it isn't something that we've all that we all haven't done. I've done it myself uh, on quite a few occasions. But you know God has a plan for us. And he always reminds me to have faith in his word. Why should I fall to the ground in despair when the Bible tells me what I know to expect? And that is that God will take care of the problem. Why do we forget that when we're in the middle of a tough situation? 
I know we don't always forget it, but why do we often forget it? Why, when the situation gets big enough, we often forget what God can do and who God is? We tend to look at the situation and focus on the situation instead of looking at the word of God and focusing on what he says about the situation. When we take our eyes and our focus off of our own problems and we begin to focus on God and we begin to ask the Lord to give us the mind of Christ, then we will pray for what God, what is in God's heart. And that's his people. His people. Because if we are true servants, we're not worried about ourselves. We're thinking about the other person. We are looking to serve them. We're looking to be a blessing to them. You know, nobody but God knows who you're praying for behind closed doors. But the power of God moves through your prayer. And those people may not know that it's even you praying. But they certainly feel the effects of your prayer. That's one way to be a servant, to be praying for the people of God. We look around, I look around at our nation. And I love this country. I absolutely love this country. There is no country in the world like this country. And I'm not saying it out of, you know, to boast. I'm saying it because this country was founded on the things of God. Yes, I know that the men and women who came did many wicked things in addition to that. But their purpose for coming here was for the freedom of religion, to worship God the way that they knew was right. And God honors that. Just like, I want you to think about this, just like you and I. Do you do everything perfectly? No, come on. This is a rhetorical question, quite frankly. I know I don't do everything perfectly, but I try to look through that lens when I think about all the bad things I hear people say about this one and that one and this pastor and that founder of our nation and how we did this in the nation. I am never going to excuse the wrong that anyone has done. So there were many things that were very un ethical, ungodly done by these men and women of God. However, just like you and I, they are still, they were sinners. And just like you and I, they also sinned and fell short of the glory. Their sins may have been more grave to you in your eyes, but to God, sin is sin is sin is sin. Murder Physical murder is just the same as murder in your heart when you hate someone. The Bible says it. If you hate someone in your heart, you've murdered them in your heart. So it's no different. Now, I'm not here to get on a soapbox about America, but I wanted to preface that because we sometimes forget and look at the things around us like our country. Right now, a lot of people are very unhappy with the way things are going. I'm not happy about the things and the turmoil that are going on amongst the people because there is a lot of pain happening amongst the people in this in this country and not only this country, but this world. But I'm talking about our country right now, so I'm going to keep it narrowed down to that. Does that mean, though, that our country is a great country or that it's not a great country? No, it means that it has problems. That is a separate issue in and of itself. I love this country. But because of what I just said, 
We need to be praying for this country. We have a lot of problems in this country. We have racism. We have hatred. We have murder. We have abuse. We have abuse of power, abuse of children. We have sexual assault. We have, I, I mean, I can go down the list. You know it. We have poverty. We have hunger. We have homelessness. We have uh, uh, people who aren't getting an education, people who, you know, just, just you name the problem. We need to be on our knees praying instead of complaining about the problems and instead of forgetting that there's a whole world around us, you know, and looking at our own problem. We need to be thinking about our fellow human being. A student asked me once, she said, do you think that we should be, she, she thought it was good to have a socialist society. I am completely against socialism. I believe capitalism is a much better way. And I won't go into all the details because that's really not my point. She asked me when I told her that, she said, so do you believe then that the people who are poor deserve to be poor? And I said, absolutely not. I believe that those who worked hard for the money that they earned, earned it fair and square. They worked hard for that money. That's theirs. But they have a responsibility. Each and every one of us has a responsibility that if we choose to take it, will help our fellow being, our fellow human being. When you have an abundance of money, God gave that to you so that you could be a blessing to the people around you. So whether you give to people within this country or people in another country is not really my business, quite frankly. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money, but we have a responsibility. And that's part of what this word talks about. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. When you see a homeless man and you're driving by in your Lexus, and that man is sitting there and he's cold, you know, I know those are expensive, and it's a blessing that you have it. It's a real blessing that you have it. But you've been blessed, and you can be a blessing to that fellow human being as well. So do I believe that they deserve what happened to them? No, we're not even here to talk about that. What we're here to talk about is our own responsibility and what we can do. You can pray for that homeless man or woman or those children that you know are in poverty or the young uh, families in another country that don't have the same opportunities that we do or the woman who just went through sexual assault and, you know, is... I don't know, coming out on TV and you heard about it or the neighbor down the street that you know is sexually assaulted because we're all human here. We have a responsibility and the word tells us this is the mind of Christ. This is the mind of Christ. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We've lost, we've missed the point and lost focus on the right things if we're so worried about our own problems. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be talking about problems. I'm not saying that. I enjoy discussing things, certain things I don't discuss with people. I am never, you're never going to see me post something on Facebook or Twitter against the President of the United States. Do I agree with everything he does? Absolutely not. But the Bible tells me that I'm supposed to be praying for my leader. It doesn't tell me I'm supposed to be tearing him down. So whether it be Obama, whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be 
President Bush, whether it be Nixon, whoever the next president's going to be, if it's Donald Trump or someone else, whoever it is, whether I agree with their politics or not, the Bible tells me I'm to pray for that man or woman because they need it. Do I agree with everything they say? No. Do I agree with everything that they do? No. But what help is it if I'm so busy focusing on the problems instead of praying for that man or woman? Because if you believe what the word says, God can change that man or woman's heart. Look at the things that God did through Donald Trump. I have to tell you something. I was shocked. I voted for Donald Trump because after praying, the Lord spoke to my spirit to do it. I did not expect Donald Trump to win. I have to tell you when the Holy Spirit told me that. The Holy Spirit told me that because... Well, because he chose to tell me. That was his decision to tell me. I, I can't tell you why he says what he says or does what he does. But I really thought, oh, I, I couldn't have heard though. I, I didn't hear. That wasn't the Lord. That must have been just me. Because I, I just, as we all know, so many people were so opposed to him. But I voted for him because I always vote for who the Holy Spirit tells me to vote for. And again, this is not a political soapbox. And this is really not even about that so much. It's about the Lord God and how we do what we're supposed to do. So I prayed. The Holy Spirit told me to vote for Donald Trump. I'm not embarrassed to say it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I just choose not to argue about anything. So that's who I voted for. I was shocked that he won. I have to tell you. And then I was even more shocked when I watched him doing things that were for Israel And why is that important? Because the Bible tells us that if we support Israel, then God will take care of us. The Bible says that. Again, do I agree with everything that he's done? Absolutely not. But it's the same with Donald Trump, George W. Bush. I was really too young to talk about the other George George Bush. Um, Wait, I think I can't remember which one was which, but you know, the younger of the George Bushes, I think it was George W. Bush. I can't remember, but the younger, I voted for him, but the older Bush, I wasn't a voter yet. So my point is not about who did I vote for or who did you vote for? I'm just being transparent here. That's, that's the only reason. My point is, am I focusing on the, the problems that this man or woman has created or am I going to pray for this man or woman? The Bible tells me I'm supposed to be praying for them. All of my leaders. How about your pastor? How about your pastor who is an upstanding man or woman of God and does things that are, does everything, lives his or her life according to the word of God? You're supposed to pray for him or her. How about if you have a pastor who lied about you? How about if you have a pastor who was an adulterer? Are you supposed to pray for him or her as well? Yes, you are. Because You don't touch that position that God put them in. God put them there. God allowed them to be in that position. You don't touch them with your mouth. I've heard people say so many times, oh, well, just because, you know, it's the truth. You can say the truth. You need to be very wise about what you say, whether it's the truth or not. You don't come against a man or woman of God. And I'm not just talking about a man or woman of God in leadership. I'm talking about any man or woman of God. It's dangerous. Read your Bible and you'll see so many situations where people were destroyed because they touched a man or woman of God. Look at David who chose not to touch Saul. He said it. Don't touch him. He said it in the book of Samuel. Don't touch him. Don't touch that man. God anointed that man for the position. 
the Holy Spirit had already left Saul. Samuel had already told Saul that God was going that God ripped the kingdom out of his hands and had given it to David. But until God took Saul out of that position, David knew better than to touch that man of God or that man. We, we can't say man of God anymore because the Holy Spirit had left him and he was inhabited by, a, by an evil spirit. But David is a really good example of that. David could have killed Saul many times, but he knew better. He knew what the word said. And we need to remember to look at these examples. It isn't our place to tear down that man or woman of God or that man or woman in leadership, whether they are men or women of God or not. It isn't our place. And we've got to open up our eyes. We've got to pray for them. Are you perfect? If you were the president of the United States, how would you do? I can guarantee you, if I was the president of the United States, I'm sure my friends and family, even those that are closest to me, let alone anybody that didn't like me, would have a whole lot to say about all of the mistakes that I made, because I can guarantee I'd be making a whole lot of mistakes, because I'm human. And I say that so that you look at your brother, your fellow brother, your fellow sister, and look at them with the same eyes that Christ does. It's not only about your leaders, it's also about your neighbor. And your neighbor being the person, the other person that's in your life. You know, we have people in our life that lied, stole from us. Maybe they loved us. Maybe they gossiped about us. Maybe you gossiped about them. But the Bible tells us that we're to look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. What does that mean about the person who maybe gossiped about you? That you're to pray for them. The Lord revealed it to you so you could pray for them, not so you could be offended and not so you could be angry and gossip about them too. The Lord revealed it to you so that you could pray for them because they have a problem. They have a problem. Either they don't know they shouldn't be gossiping or maybe their heart is so hardened that they don't care that they're gossiping. Either way, that brother or sister needs prayer. How about your children? You see, we can go down the list of every single person that you have ever encountered in your life, and we can put this scripture and apply it to that situation every single time. Don't you want somebody to be praying for you? What about if you were having a bad day? I don't know if you're the kind of person that calls it a bad day. I don't call it a bad day because I don't believe that anybody has a bad day. But you might say that you have a bad day. And maybe you might be the kind of person who is, or or maybe you might be in, in your life right now in a place where you have allowed a bad situation that happened for a moment to color your whole day. Look, we're all human, okay? Let's just be transparent here. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's not you. But even if it's not you, you know, that's not the way I choose to live my life. But it took me a long time to get there because it, I used to do the same thing. So I'm not here to say, oh, you should be where I am. I'm just here to say, we're all where we are, okay? And wouldn't you want someone to be praying for you if you maybe flew off the handle and didn't realize how testy you had gotten? Or wouldn't you want somebody to pray for you if you just had a rough moment and went off and then came and, 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 and then realized, what have I done? What did I say? Why did I do that? Wouldn't you want somebody to pray for you? Well, that goes right back to the scripture. 
Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Give that person compassion. Look at the things that they're going through. They could be possibly going through in their life. I learned this a long time ago, and I'm so grateful. And this was a lesson that I learned, and I learned it the hard way. Okay, because I was not always a compassionate person, but I learned it, I say the hard way, because the Lord had to teach me through my own mistakes. And I learned that you don't know what another person has gone through or is going through. And because of that, you need to have compassion on them. Their mother could have just died. You know, I used to be a waitress in a restaurant, restaurant, and I used to just love that job because I adore people. I love to hear about people's lives. I love to help people. So I loved that job because of the people. I loved my customers. And I was always genuinely interested in what they had to say and what was going on. And I remember, I don't think I'll ever forget it. And there are two couples that, that this reminds me of. And I'll share with you about both of them. And the first couple was a couple that they were just a sweet, quiet little couple. And they came in and we just started getting on that. We started having a conversation on all things, but I mean, who knew, who guessed it? Politics. And like I told you before, I am not afraid to talk about politics. I just refuse to argue about politics. I think it's an interesting topic. We all have our different opinions. So anytime somebody wants to talk about politics face to face, not any time, but most times I think it's interesting. I'm game for it. So we just happened to start talking about this, the people I was serving. And we started talking about Donald Trump and the average person is surprised because I'm an African-American and I supported Donald Trump. And for all the reasons, whatever your reason is, we were having this conversation. They were a white couple. And so they were surprised. And it was just an interesting conversation because they were not pro-Donald Trump. They were but they didn't like Hillary Clinton. But the point is, it was just an interesting and really nice conversation. They were very nice people. And we were just talking about what we thought and things we experienced in life. And I love those kinds of conversations. So I noticed, though, you know, that they were just, they were much older and kind of a little frail, you know. And the wife, you know, she said, today, my appetite's here. And I said, oh, so you don't usually have a big appetite. And I just thought she was like me. I don't, I don't eat a lot. I don't have a big appetite. As much as I like food and like to eat, I just don't have a big appetite. And so I thought maybe that's what it was. But no, see, here's why you have to be very wise about the way that you think of other people and that you have to be really loving to everyone that you encounter. You see, this woman had just been back from chemotherapy treatment. She had been diagnosed with cancer. And the cancer had gotten so bad that she and her husband, they were a couple, a married couple, they didn't even live together anymore. They couldn't afford to live together because they needed the money for, I guess, the, you know, the, the treatment and she had nurses and that type of thing. So they didn't even live in the same house. So they were going out to dinner so they could spend time together. And there were days that she couldn't eat anything. So she was excited because she had her appetite and she ordered a dessert. Now it touched me because every time they would come in, I would just love to hear about how things were going. They were a Christian couple. And it just was beautiful to me because here these are these people. And if I didn't have the moment, take a moment to stop and just listen to them, they just really wanted someone to talk to. 
and I would have never known. And what if I got irritated with how slow they were or maybe that they weren't as decisive about what they ordered? What if I had gotten offended about that stuff? I would have never known. And I could be praying for these people. So another couple came in. They were an older couple also. A lot of older couples used to come into this restaurant and they would eat there. And um, anyway, this couple came in and they ordered, I think... I don't even remember. I don't remember everything that they ordered. But when I first came to the table, if you've ever been a waitress, then you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you've never been a waitress or a waiter, then let me explain a little bit. When a customer comes in, you want to go over and greet them as quickly as you can. So they feel welcome. And then you ask them if they're ready to order. And if they're not, then you just politely tell them, take your time. You go do something else and you let them know you'll be back in a few minutes so that they feel that they're being well attended to, but also that you're not badgering them to hurry up and order. And you know how it feels to be a customer at a restaurant. So I try to treat them the way I would want to be treated. So I went over to the customers, they sat down and uh, they said they didn't want anything yet, and I think they ordered drinks, and I bought, brought them their drinks. It's been a little while since I've worked at this company, but I remember a lot of it because it was fun to me. I enjoyed the people. And anyway, I brought them their drinks, coffee or something. You know, the older people always would get coffee and water or something like that. But they were very quiet, and they were taking a long time to order. And so, you know, I don't even know what prompted me to even... I don't even know how we got on the conversation, but if I had been irritated with them, you know, and how long they were taking to order, because I had to come back quite a few times, and I really wasn't upset about it. I never got upset about it, but others, other waiters and waitresses would get annoyed about that. And anyway, I went over, and when they were finally ready to order, you know, they were telling me what they wanted, and somehow the conversation came up, and the wife started crying. And she told me, we just left the vet's office. We just put our dog down. Now, to some people, that may not be a big deal. You may not like pets. I don't have a pet because I don't like how messy they are. But I do love pets. I grew up with pets. And I remember when my brother's dog, who was living at my parents' house, because he was away on an assignment in the military, And I remember this dog whom I loved. Her name was Shitara. She was a puppy. She was a Rottweil. She was huge, but she was still a puppy. And she didn't know how big she was. She was adorable and the sweetest thing ever. And I'll probably never forget the day that we had to put her down because she was so strong and she was such a baby. They had put her out on the chain. And I didn't live at my parents' house at that time. I came over to visit that night. And they'd put her out on the chain to go to the bathroom. And they lived in a development that was, they lived like two houses in from the highway. And the neighbor called them and said, is your dog, where's your dog? And of course, you know, that's an odd question. And they said something, I don't know what they said. She's out on the leash or going to the bathroom or something. And they said, no, I think your dog got hit by a car. And so of course you can imagine, my family all really loves dogs and really loves pets. And so they went and realized that Shatar had been hit by a car because Shatar was a little puppy, not a little puppy. She was a puppy. She was a baby in her mind. And she didn't understand that she should fear cars. So she just galloped out in the street, you know, like a puppy and she got hit by the car. 
And I remember I just gotten there. Either I just got there or my mother called me and then I got there. I don't remember which way it was, but I was the one to take her to the vet. And she was literally bleeding in the back of my car and I was crying and I took her to the vet and the vet examined her and said, we're going to have to put her down because her brain is swelling. She's only in pain. We, we can't stop the swelling. If you prolong this, you're going to put her through more pain. We need to put her down. So I made the decision to put her down. I've never experienced that before in my life. And it was one of the most sad things I've ever done. And I cried and I wept and I loved that dog. So, I mean, I even remember what her body felt like once they gave her the injection. I'd never experienced it before, but I was right there and the sweet little dog and, well, big dog, but I remember that. So fast forward to this couple who just put their dog down. They had the dog for, I think they said, 15 years or something. When you have a pet, you begin to love the pet. Most people do. And if I had not been thinking about them before my own self and thinking about, well, I have other customers I need to take care of and I I need to hurry up and I wish they'd hurry up and order, I would not have had the opportunity to just listen to them tell me the story And just listening to them tell me that story took a burden off of them. It didn't burden me any because, like I told you, I love to hear people's stories. I love to be there. I love to help people. But it was kind of like a shoulder to cry on. And they both just wept. Tears, tears, tears in the middle of the restaurant. And those are just two situations. I'm sure you can tell me a bunch of situations just like that in your own life where you decided to put your own life, put the things that were important to you, like it says here, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others, where you decided to look not on your own things, but to look on on the things of others. And you realize that God used you because you were sensitive to that person or because you had compassion or empathy for that person. I had a student just the other day and she's an exchange student and she's here in America and she's been in America for maybe three months now. And in her own school, she told me the story about how some students, she was working in a group and we've all been here before in a similar situation but she was working with a group. She, they were assigned to groups. And it wouldn't be such a big deal if she was, if English was her first language and if she was fluent in English. You know, sometimes people don't like you. We, we all know that. We've all been through high school and we know what that's like sometimes. But it was a little bit different in her situation because she's an exchange student and she's learning English. So oftentimes she doesn't understand what's being said and she's doing a whole lot of behind the scenes work just to do regular homework that might take us 10 or 15 minutes to do, could take her hours to do because she literally has to translate everything, find the vocabulary words to understand just what the question is. And then she's got to translate everything she's looking up to find out how to get the answer in to see if that is the answer. So she's got her work cut out for her, but she's a trooper. She's doing really well. But she was just a little bit down. And it was because the kids in her group, she, there were four people in her group. She was the fourth one. The teacher assigned the group, you know, the kids to the group. And 
her, she overheard the other students on her team go to the teacher and say, we can't carry her. She, she doesn't know she can't help us. So they were annoyed and they were irritated about the fact that she wasn't doing her part in their mind. They weren't being empathetic or compassionate. They didn't understand what it's like to be an exchange student who's really just trying to understand what even, she didn't even, doesn't even understand sometimes what the teacher's saying. She just is writing it down and with time, she's going to understand more, but it's tough to be an exchange student. It's tough to be a person in another country when English, when that language is, you're not fluent in that language. And so she was hurt and she was angry. And, but then she told me, as I began to explain to her, you know, well, you know, those people don't know what it's like to be an exchange student. And she said, but you know what? I feel bad because in Korea, in my school, everybody wants to be in my group because I'm the one with the highest grades. I'm the one who does the best work in class. Everybody wants to be in my group because they know that they'll get a good grade if they work with me. She said, I've never been in a situation where I'm not the one with the best grades. And I feel bad because I remember those kids in my class who didn't get good grades. I would say, why won't you just do your work? She said, and now I know that it's not that they weren't just doing the work. They were having a hard time. So she learned something in the situation. And I was so grateful to God about that because she's not a Christian, but she's a young girl and a young woman and she's learning. And this experience will be invaluable to her. And in the same sense to you and I, it's invaluable when we take the word of God and we apply it to our word of to our life, when we apply it to our life and actually live it out rather than just talking about it. When the Bible was, was, was written, it was a book of instructions. I know people say we don't have an instruction book, but we do. This is it right here. That Bible tells you what to do. You can look through this word and you can find every situation in some way, shape, or form, and figure out exactly what the word, what God would want you to do. You know, does he want you to envy your neighbor who has a bigger house than you? Does he want you to argue with your husband who said something unkind to you? Does he want you to forgive your teacher who was having a bad day and she was unkind? Does he want you to be kind to those unruly kids? Or you name the situation. The Bible has the answer. You see, we've got to stop focusing on the problem. I can tell you, I know what I'm speaking about, and I'm not saying it as if I've never done it. I know how difficult it is, but I also know how fruitful it is to look at the Word of God. One of the other things that I do when I'm going through a tough time is I worship the Lord. And I have a group of songs that I love, and these are hymns that are anointed hymns. You know, I'm not so much into the newer songs. I know I'm pretty young. Wink, wink. I know I'm pretty young. But, um, you know, I know there are a lot of new songs out there, but there aren't a lot of anointed songs out there. You may agree or disagree, but I know the anointing when I feel it. And there aren't a lot of anointed new songs. There are some, and that's wonderful when they are. But I tend to go back to the hymns, certain hymns that are anointed. I don't want to hear music that's not anointed. It actually strips something of you. It takes away from you. 
I don't understand it all. I just know what it does. I don't know why, but I know what it does. It's important for you to listen to music or to worship God that's with music that's anointed. And worshiping God, there's going to be an anointed. You're going to feel the presence of God because you're going to feel his power because he is there when you worship him. So when I'm going through a hard time, I go to the word. But oftentimes, the first thing I begin to do is to worship him. Because sometimes we can be so far off that we can't seem to get to the word or we can't wrap our mind around it. But worship will always take your mind away from your problems. Worship. And that's why I'm very specific about that music. When I say worship, if the worship is about how you overcame your problem, that's not worshiping. That's not worshiping God. Worship is uplifting God, telling him how wonderful he is and how much you love him. That's worship. So if the song is not doing it, that's not a worship song. Agree or disagree with me. But worship is what you do is unto God. It's for him. It is to be a sweet incense to him. You can't be singing about your problems and call that worship. Yes, some of those songs might make you feel good. I'm not saying that they're necessarily wrong. What I am saying is I want to worship God because I need to take my mind off my problems and put my mind back on the things of God. And there are a couple of songs I'm going to share with you here today. And I think I might sing some. I don't know. I always tell you this. Uh, and the Holy Spirit always tells me, no, I'm not a singer. <laughs> so if I did sing it, you wouldn't like my voice. But the words are what I focus on. I'm going to go to <coughs> excuse me, my little list here. And I keep a list. And I'm always adding to this list. But there are a few songs that really bless me. And one of those songs is, Oh, the Glory. And I'm going to sing it for you. And again, please excuse my voice. If it is not, I'm not an opera singer, nor am I a wonderful singer. That's not my call. But I do sing unto the Lord. And you can understand the words and you can understand the tune and you can go find it for yourself. And if you're a wonderful singer, hey, that's a wonderful blessing. But this is not about my talent or yours. This is about worship unto God. So I sing. I don't I'm not I'm not embarrassed about my voice, but I do forewarn you. (laughs) Don't think you're going to get a beautiful voice, but you will hear worship. And it is beautiful unto the Lord because that's what he wants. He's not here to, you know, he's, this is not American Idol where he's judging how well you sound. He wants to hear that you worship him and that your song is unto him and that you're not here singing so that other people can hear you and that it's not about your pride or anything else. He just wants you to sing and worship him. So this song is called Oh the Glory, and I believe it was written by Pastor Benny Hinn. Uh, I I, I don't know who wrote it, but I give him credit because I heard he's the only one I've ever heard sing it. But it goes like this, if you haven't heard it. Oh the glory of your presence 
We your temple. I better take it down a notch. I'll start over and take it down. All the glory, all the glory of your presence. We your temple. We give you reverence. So arise from your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace as your presence now fills this place all the glory of your presence we your temple we give you So arise from your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace as your now fills this place as your presence now fills this place hallelujah lord oh i praise your name your glorious you're glorious, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Oh, how we love you, Lord God. Oh, how we love you. We worship you. We love you. We give you all the glory and honor. Oh, for you're so mighty. We forget our troubles. We forget all the problems that we have. And we just worship you. Oh, we just worship you. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. 
All I have needed thy hand have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand beside great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hands have provided great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness lord unto me here's another one O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think of God his Son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art 
how great thou art when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and lead me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow with humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art how great thou art how great thou art oh the Lord is so mighty Can you feel the anointing? Can you feel the power of God? These songs may not be the most popular songs, but they are some of the most anointed songs there are. And when I tell my Lord God how I feel about Him, all my troubles just seem to melt away. For that moment, it's just me and my God. And all I'm doing is telling him how much I love him because after all, isn't that what it's about? I know we have trials and tribulations. I know. I have them just like you. And the Bible tells us that we will have trials and tribulations. So I don't want you to get distraught or feel discouraged because you're having a trial or a tribulation. Understand that it comes with the Christian life. The Word says it. I never used to think so. I used to think, no, I shouldn't have problems because I am a conqueror. What do you think you're conquering? If the Word tells you that you're more than a conqueror, what are you conquering? You're conquering the trials and the tribulations that the enemy brings and that God will allow. You see, God is a God who is steady. He never stops. He is always. And I said that exactly the way I meant it. He is always. He will always be. He is love. The word says it. He is peace. The word says it. Anything that is good came from him. And he created it. So that means it is him. Anything good is God the Father. Doesn't he deserve our worship and our praise? Doesn't he deserve yours? In the midst of the situation, I encourage you to write down those songs. If you are like me, do what I did. I created a little document and I literally found the lyrics to the songs online. Some of them I typed up myself if I didn't find the lyrics, if I knew them already. And I have this document that I can open up anytime I need to. And I can just begin to praise God because I need it. I need it. When I'm going through a trial, 
I've got to be strong in the Lord. I can't falter. I've done that for years. I cannot falter. You can't go from glory to glory if you're constantly going backwards into the fetal position wondering why, God, why. Instead of questioning him, why don't you say, okay, Lord God, I see what your word says. Then you worship him. And then as you worship him, your heart begins to let go of all of the troubles. Then you go to your word and you open it and you read it and you let it strengthen you. And friends, I promise you that is the answer to all of your problems. The answer to them all. You're going to find either the physical application within the word of God, or you're going to see God change the situation because he works that way. Even when we're fasting, even down to fasting, and it's not the time to preach and teach about that here today, but maybe I will. I learned some things about fasting that I didn't know before, and I want to teach you about them because These are things that God wants us to know. But as you have your daily walk and your daily situations go on, I implore you to look to the word of God. And remember, it says in Philippians 2, verse 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God wants us to walk in the strength of him, in his power. He wants us, our inner man, to be strengthened. Pray and ask him to do that. And pray and ask God to do that for your children. Ask him to do it for your pastor. Ask him to do it for your pastor's husband or your pastor's wife, whether your pastor is a man or a woman, I don't know. Ask him to do that for his children, his or her children. Ask him to do that for your president. Ask him to do that for your leader, your mayor, your boss. Ask him to do that for your enemies. Pray. Pray. We have a lot that's going on in this country. The Lord is revealing things to many saints, and he's shown me some things that are coming along the pike in this country. And we need to be praying. We have got to be praying because there are some things that we've never experienced before or things that you are not going to expect to be happening that God is revealing to many people. I only know what he's revealed to me and the few that have shared what he's revealed to them. But saints, we need to pray. When specifically, we need to pray for our country. So as we come together here, you and I today, It's as if it's just you and I, just one-on-one. You and I are just sitting on the couch next to each other with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or some juice, whatever you like to drink. And we had this conversation and we're just talking and just sharing our hearts with each other. And I share my heart with you as I would with any other friend. We need to pray for this nation. God is warning us. We've got to be praying. I'm going to close at this. As you go along in your life, open your eyes. Remember what the word says. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Lord God, we come before you right now. I thank you for each and every one that was here today, that listened, that heeded what you had to say as I shared my heart. Lord God, I ask that you soften each heart, that they may receive the word that you sent through me. 
Lord, I thank you for each one because you wanted to encourage them. Strengthen them in their spirit, man, in their inner man, that they may walk according to you. And we choose, Lord God, to give you all the glory, all the praise in every situation. Lord God, help them to keep their eyes on you. Help us all to do that because we love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Friends, thank you so much for listening in. You can follow me on Facebook on Michelle Donatian, Inc. And you can also find out where else to find me on anchor.fm. God bless you. I love you. Until next time. Goodbye.